Main Street in Jonesville, South Carolina. They offer hand car wash, vacuum, and clean interior. Full detail is also available. While you wait on your vehicle, customer seating is also available as well as the dining area. They open from open Tuesday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. So make sure you stop by and visit. Also, today's episode is sponsored by Charlene's Home Cooking on 1136 East Blackstock Road in Moore, South Carolina. Charlene's Home Cooking is a family restaurant that cooks like grandma with fresh veggies and meats cooked to order. You can do a meat with two sides, a meat with three sides, or a veggie plate along with sweet tea, Kool-Aid, and lemonade. Cakes, pies, and cobbler are also available for dessert. She wants you to feel at home, so make sure you stop by Monday, Thursday, and Saturday from 11 to 6, Friday and Sunday from 11 to 7. Everything is fresh and from the heart, so make sure you stop by and visit. So thank you guys once again for sponsoring this episode of the Cross the Line Podcast. Today we are back in Atlanta, Georgia. Once again, we have another very special guest with us. Does a lot in the community. Very successful business going on. And right now, happy to have Mr. Derek Hayes, the owner of Big Day's Cheese Steak. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thank y'all for having me. Oh, no problem, man. Like I've seen everything that you're doing in the community, man. I love it. Um, and it, it's inspiring for one. The main, one of the biggest reasons is because we don't see a lot of our people doing things like this. So when, when we start seeing that more, it's very inspiring. To, so when I look at somebody like you that's built built a business from the ground up, it's inspiring to, to let people know that look like us that we can do this. So. Um, it was very inspiring, so I really appreciate you um, having us today. No problem. But uh, starting out, though, can you tell people, of course, I see you definitely from Philly with all the, yeah, all sure. the banners and everything, but um, how, how long have you actually uh, been in business? Uh, I'm going on my seventh year right now, so a lot of people don't know. I started out in 2014. Uh, it was called Days Philly Water Ice, mm-hmm. but a lot of people in the South don't know what water ice is, so I couldn't get a lot of people to come support it. So in 2016, I changed to Big Dave Cheese Sticks. Mm-hmm. So I dedicated my brand to my father. He had passed away from lung cancer in 2009. So um, when I first jumped in, I was just selling, you know, water ice, pretzels, ice cream. And then I turned it up, you know, later on, adding the kitchen to it, you know, adding fries to it, fries and everything like that. So I was able to um, turn it into Big Dave Cheese Sticks and then what it is today. Mm-hmm. Did you start out with your business? Did you start out in Philly or did you start down here? Nah, I started down here. Um, I actually, when I moved here uh, into 2013, going into 14, I realized that uh, it wasn't a real authentic, um, you know, cheesesteak market. You know, a lot of people were saying they had real cheesesteaks, and I was seeing, you know, restaurants being busy, and I said, these people getting fooled down here. You know, I I grew up cooking, you know, my whole life in the kitchen with my grandfather, but I didn't know that this was going to be, you know, my passion that, you know, give me my, my power to be able to, you know, empower other people. I used to play basketball. I thought I was going to the NBA. Right. You know, that was my dream. But um, one day, you know, uh, my, so my aunt, she was battling cancer when I was going to school down here. And um, she said, uh, you know, you just keep on fighting and what you want to be. And one day, you know, it's going to shine to you. And, and I take that with me every day. So, you know, a pastor told me one time, he said, you're going to be a pastor. And at that time, I was playing basketball. I was like, I ain't going to be no pastor. Mm-hmm. But a pastor is spreading a message. And I had to realize that. So right now, me with my brand right now, I'm just spreading the message. I'm telling people they could do it too. If if you got air, you still got life, and you still got a chance at success. So, no matter what roller coaster ride that I go on, I always live my life like that, and that's how I still, you know, continue to stay, you know, blessed. And um, I'm always gonna be humble f- from this because I know how hard it, you know, it took me to get here. Absolutely. Talk talk a little bit about Philly though, and just growing up like your childhood, like. How how was it environment in Philly? Um, I, I've never been there. One day I definitely want to go. But like, how how was it growing up, and how is that environment in Philly? So Philly is like uh, you ever seen Rocky? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he running through Ninth Street. Philly mm-hmm. is like a, a real nitty gritty city. It's mm-hmm. a uh, the city of brotherly love, but it's also the city of the lions. You know, right. who, who who you can't be a sheep in Philly. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta you gotta be a go getter. You gotta be a hustler. So I had to I had to um take that, you know, what I was brought off of and bring it to Atlanta, you know, a lot of the stuff that I do right now is because of how I was raised in Philly, you know, learning how to come up out of jams, learning how to maneuver in certain situations. I'm a hustler. Mm-hmm. You take everything away from me today or tomorrow, I'm going to get it back because I know the formula. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have patience, and that's the formula to winning is patience. So, you know, um, that's basically, um, you know, growing up, I, uh, I had about, I would say, eight, nine friends. Um, I lost a lot of my friends, either dead or in jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I always wanted to be the ones that one of the ones that make it out and just uh, show my city they could do it too. Being as though I'm from West Philly, the last person made it out was Will Smith. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So I take that and and run with it and say somebody else made it out, I could do it too. Right. So. And just to, just hearing your accent, it, it kind of remind me. You remind me. Your voice reminds me of me, and you know just the stuff that he rhymes about. He's like. When he's talking, it, it, he makes it sound like Philly is like really a nah, type he, of he be, to he, come up in. Yeah, he be speaking what we really go through. Like it's a, it's really like a group of us that um, you know, that left Philly that that made it out the city. Um, we all um went through you know the same situations coming from poverty, trying to you know change your life around and all that. So when I came here, I seen the land opportunity. You know, just like they seen the land opportunity when they when they made it out. So I, I said I wasn't just gonna try to make a lot of money. I was gonna empower communities. Right. And that's what I'm on right now. I'm just about empowering communities, telling people that they can do it too. So so what was it that made you? I think you said you came in 2013 or 2014. Well, I, I came here in 2013 party on my birthday, and I said, you know what, I'm moving here. Right. So it was 2014. I was in. I was I was living here. So it was just like, was it something that made you want to come? Was it just the part environment, or was it just like, or did you feel like? Feel it was coming kind of somewhat of like a dead end where you had to get out. Yeah, I felt like I was I was in a trap, you know. And nothing against my city is just it's time for me to go and spread my wings. I was trying to actually, you know, get out of there to, to show people what I was made of, so mm-hmm. I can show my neighborhood that they can do it too. You know, people that were stuck in there, you know, with no way out. And, and you know, being in the ghetto, we don't have many resources. Right. You know, our, our resources is limited. So right now. I feel like Atlanta gave me a voice, people listening to me. So right now, I got to tell what's really going on out here. And mm-hmm. right now, a lot of the, even the census killing, um, you know, the incarcerations by black men. When they grew up in the neighborhood, and, and it's, it'd be like almost like a dog-eat-dog thing. Because it's like, I tell people, like, Christmas, you get that toy. You, you know, everybody in the neighborhood, like, oh, you got that. You know what I'm saying? We so used to holding on to what we have. When we make it, we don't want to share it to, right. you know, spread the message to help people get past that. So... Right now, I'm breaking that. I'm breaking that ice, you know, mm-hmm. because I don't care about you know people knowing the ins and outs and the truth about me because ain't no lying me, you know. I said moving forward, I was gonna let everybody know the real truth of who I was and what I wanted to do with my life and how I was gonna empower people to change situations, you know, for them because you never know what people are going through with their own self. So. Absolutely. Do you feel like you kind of, in some way, owe it to your city to give back, or how how do you look at that situation now? Do you still go back home and try to give back, or? Do you feel like you owe anything to that community? Because, you know, a lot of times when people get that somewhat a lot of success, sometimes they tend to not go back to where they came from because you feel like a lot of times when you do go back and try to show love, someone wants to do harm to you. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's, it's, it's a 50-50 game with that, you know? So mm-hmm. you got some people that don't understand life that when you do come back, you know, they, they they might don't understand that you're just trying to empower the community. Some people might look at it like, you know, you're trying to be better than them because you made it out. But I always want to give back. I want to give back to anybody, whether it's a message, whether it's me um, helping them in certain situations that they're in, you know, whether it's financially or just need to hear a word. So I'm definitely um, going to you know, continue to uh, give back, and I'm definitely um, one day, you know, get back to Philly. I'm there probably once or twice every, every year and a half, you know, Right now, I'm just on a mission, and the mission I'm on right now requires all day just paying attention to everything that you're doing. This operation, me running a multi-million dollar business at 33, it ain't the easiest thing. Right. So right now, I feel like if I take my, my eye off the prize, it's like a GPS. My GPS set. I'm just following the rule that God gave me. So mm-hmm. when I get back to Philly, you know, I'm going to be there for my city always. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about your family a little bit, did you, I know you say your grandfather cooked as well, right? Yeah. Did you, did you come from a family of entrepreneurs or, or how, how was it like your family? Actually, man, I'm probably one of the first people in my family history ever to get this big off of entrepreneurship. Well, mm-hmm. I know I am. Um, I'm the first person in my family to ever make over a million dollars. You know, so it's a lot of firsts for me. But it ain't a win to me until I set the tone for the rest of them. So right now, right. if it's just saying me, 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 I ain't winning. So until I leave that, you know, that foundation for the next generation to come up and they got an opportunity, then I won. Because right now, you know, people, there's a lot of people out here that's doing good for their for they brands and actually making money. But are they setting themselves up to be able to set their generation up that's coming? Because wow. I'm pretty sure, you know, um, growing up, like for, for most families, when you get to your teenage years and you get around 16, 17 years old, and now you're looking at, oh, man, I need these sneaks, I need some jeans, you know. Now all this stuff becomes pressure on you because the resources that we in and we was always raised, you know, differently. 
we want to let those things uh, get us blocked out and what really means something in the world right now. So mm-hmm. I'm just trying to change that part of it. Um, also, did you did you know what you want? I know you say you play ball, your grandfather cooked, but just growing up, did you kind of know this was going to eventually be what you wanted to do in the long term? I know you say you know, playing ball you know, in school, just about every kid thinks they're going to go pro. Yeah. But did you kind of know initially growing up what you wanted to be or would you still kind of... Hey, man, I literally... Just how I exactly how I put my all in the big days, I put my all into to basketball. But you know, God got a mission and a journey for everybody. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, the mission that you want in life, he don't see that mission for you. The mission he gonna put you in is, you know, you drive the seat, but he gonna guide you. So mm-hmm. when I started realizing that this was my mission, because I got people DMing me and, and writing me how much I inspired them and I helped them change their life, I started realizing that this is bigger than me. You know, this is God doing. You know, this mm-hmm. is what he had planned for me. So I can't question that. So I started putting my all into this. And it ain't a day that, even in the most stressed out days, where I got a bunch of stuff going, where I, don't, I ain't thankful for my life and what I got going on at this point. Talk about, like, the very early stage you said, um, you know, you had to kind of uh, change course a little bit. How was those early days of starting your business? Oh, man. You know, well, I'm going to just get back to this part of the question before I answer that. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of people that ask me right now, um, should they get in a business? Should they should they be an entrepreneur or should they do whatever? First of all, you got to have patience and you got to love yourself. Because when I started out, it was rough. I mean, like I, I probably had five, six customers a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, one day Eve walked in there and, um, you know, she honestly, she, she helped me blow my brand up. And I ain't looked back since. So when she came in that gas station, she told me, she said, I'm going to give you a shot. I'm going to taste it. And if I don't like it, I'm going to let you know I don't like it. Okay. She real. You know what I mean? She yeah. real Philly. So Yeah, I about to say she? Yeah, yeah. she Philly. Okay. So so uh, she real Philly, though. You know what I'm saying? She she everything. I remember being from my city. So when right. she came in there, I was like, yeah, you know, I got this. But that let me that let me um, um, realize how to handle pressure. Because... When you ain't making no money and you and you just sitting there like a test and you saying, well, I got a wild this person right now. This is my shot. I knew it would take another while for me to get a shot. Mm-hmm. So I did everything I needed to do and deliver. And um, she put it on every social network she had, you know, and, and it helped me out a lot. Um, thanks, Eve. Always going to appreciate that. But So was, was that the, sorry to cut you off, but was, was that the water ice or was this the Philly? When you- nah, this one I was selling, this one I'm, this one I'm full kitchen now. I'm selling cheesesteaks, but... So I started out probably I would say six months as just water ice, and then I realized you know I wasn't going it wasn't gonna work for me this way, so I had to change the name so people understand what I really was selling, mm-hmm. you know. So that's how that wound up working out for me. And ever since then, like, you know, that was kind of like the beginning with, with Eve, and then is that when you feel like when things really started to take yeah. off? Yeah, yeah. I would say um, my third my my third fourth year, I've been making million a million a million over over year. You know, so my business be growing a million or more a year, you know, since I had it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a blessing. The cooking part, where did you, I know you say, was there anybody that kind of taught you different things? Like, where did you ex- learn to, like, experiment, try different uh, recipes? And, and well, that? cooking came from my grandfather. I can't take that from right. him. Um, he taught me how to make seasonings by tasting. So, I feel like that's my gift now. Um, I know I put menus together. I know how food gonna taste before it's cooked because I know the seasoning tastes like how it's gonna taste when it's marinated in, in certain items. So I think that's what God gave my ability at, you know, and and that's why I really win at now is because people want to know how can I make this food taste like this, and it all comes from me just believing in myself. I ain't go to school for this, you know. I ain't have a a big passion for wanting to own a restaurant, but when I got in it, it was the best thing I could ever got in because it taught me so many morals in life. Because a business will teach you everything you need to know, ins and outs of your everyday life. Because you're going to go through stuff with your family, you're going to go through stuff with your employees, you're going to have problems with customers, but it teaches you how to respect. And that's the biggest thing in the world right now that you know a lot of people fail to realize that we live in this environment is because we don't respect each other. Mm-hmm. So when we, when we start respecting each other, you start to see different, and that's what I do with my brand. Absolutely. I, yeah. I, I saw one of your previous interviews, like it was like a clip online, and I went, looked it up on YouTube when you were on 85 South. Um, salute to all those brothers, man. They're doing something very special. Yeah, man, well. definitely. And I appreciate them always because they gave me my shot, you know, pretty much early for a lot of people wanting to give me my shot. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it was one point where you were saying, 
I think you were, you were in Philly at the time and said, on your way down here, you blew like a million dollars in like 14 months. Yeah. So, so talk about that. And, and I also want to know, like, for you, in your opinion, is it harder to, to gain that type of money or is, is, is it easier to, like, lose that type of money? Um. I, well, I tell anybody, it's always harder to hold on to it than to get it because mm-hmm. you can make money over, you know, a blessing might land in your lap overnight. It's what you do with the income to keep it going, mm-hmm. you know. There's a lot of people right now that's living day to day that's making a bunch of money that's going to wish they really set up their life for later on. Mm-hmm. So I learned my mistake early. So a lot of people um, I preach to that, you know, making money now that I tell them my mistakes, either you listen or you're going to learn. Uh, you know, I've been through this. You know, I, I've been through hitting rock bottom. I've been through not knowing how I'm going to pay bills after I have, a, you know, a bunch of money. So it taught me the formula how to win because I won from every loss. Mm-hmm. Wins didn't teach me how to win. Losses did. Absolutely. So, and then was it when you was what was it like? Was it, was it like a particular moment where you was like, man, I just went through all this money. Like, how am I going to get it back? Well, I know you said earlier you like girls, so you know how to make money back. But oh, it's still a depression. You know, you go through. Listen, you go through when when you lose. That's like that's like uh, you lose something that that's dear to you that that make you comfortable. Anything in life that make you comfortable, you lose. You gonna go and you you know you get stressed out. But see, being an entrepreneur. Um, you gotta walk through every mistake you make, and you gotta mm-hmm. figure it out. So when I made my mistake, I wasn't an entrepreneur yet. I was out here just partying, just reckless living, trying to figure out life at that point because I lost my father, so I had a lot of stress on me. But I had to realize this ain't the life he wanted for me. Right. You know what I'm saying? So I started getting myself together, stopped partying so much, started paying attention to my, you know my finances, trying to rebuild. It took me a long time. It took me a very long time to get back on my feet, but I smiled through every pain. You know, so people ain't never seen me down. I always kept my head up and kept kept myself moving because I knew where I was going. Was it was it any kind of particular message that your father had for you? Like, you know, not sure exactly how he passed away, but was anything like kind of message that he instilled in you or said to you like that kept you going? Yeah, honestly, I'm gonna give it to you raw. My dad died right in front of my face, and the last conversation that I had with him was he didn't want me to work for the white man like he did his whole life. Mm. So. I wanted to change that for him. So I bust my ass to, to work for myself and be my own boss. Mm-hmm. You know, that was his words that I wanted to honor, and I ain't never want to break that. So, mm-hmm. And, you know, that's one of the things, man. It's like most of the time it, it, it's, it's hard, but, you know, it's, it's the truth because we spend so much of our time. We give our the best years of our life to, to these major corporations. Yeah. And if something happens to us, they just move on to the next person. Yeah. So that's that's part of this journey, man. Like I, I, I try to inspire people to too is like, you know what, just the self investment is your best investment. Like that's why I always try to post things now as far as like books that I'm reading, anything that I'm doing and have entrepreneurs on so they can talk about these things because kinda like from where we're from in South Carolina, it's like it's not a lot of like what they're there now, but it's like we weren't really exposed to entrepreneurship in school yeah. anyway. So, you know, now it's like now it's important for us to you know instill it in our kids and in our in our people because if not like we're just gonna continue in that yeah, cycle. Yeah, it's gonna be the same cycle and why y'all think they don't teach financial literacy in school? Because the system is set up for you to be in debt so that Absolutely. you can always have to be behind the other minorities and honestly, you know, when I jumped in business I started to figure things out. You know, they're not teaching kids that you gotta be under thirty percent on your credit cards or, no. or you're gonna mess your credit up. They ain't teaching kids how to file taxes. They ain't teaching kids how to not spend money when, when it ain't there. They just mm-hmm. We just live for the day. We don't That's worry right. about tomorrow. Yeah. They teach you this. How many times you heard this in your life? Don't worry about later. It's right now. You're breathing right now. Do it now. Mm-hmm. Later. Because it's always later is always going to be better because you got a family you leaving behind. Whether you breathe in the air, you set them up. Right. You know what I'm saying? So later is always better than right now. Absolutely. And you know, that's the thing. We don't, like you said, they don't teach us so much of this stuff in, in school. Like, And I have a college yeah. degree. And me looking back now, that's why I was telling your assistant, Ms. Taylor, who's done a wonderful job as well, it's like, like, part of my book is just telling people, like, man, like, you don't really have to go to school to be successful, and they don't really teach us those life skills that we need. Man, the richest people in the world right now don't have a college degree. I'm going to tell you what it is right now. It's like school. Half of the stuff you learn, you ain't using in the real world. Nope. You know, so that's the thing with business. You know, you got people that got business degrees. All the stuff sound right by the book. You know, this is how you do it. That's how you do it. But they don't teach you how to pivot. They don't teach you how to audible. They don't teach you how to get out of situations. Mm-hmm. They don't teach that because the professor can't teach that because he ain't never ran no multi-million dollar company. He went exactly. to school for it. 
Mm-hmm. So you learn it from a student. You ain't learning from a person that walked through it. That's the True. professional. You you learn it from a person that did exactly what you did, just got sharper with it, got another degree, mm-hmm. and became a teacher. You know, I feel like you already read my book because I'm <laughs> some of the stuff that <laughs> you're saying, saying is like exactly. No, nah, but I that's put what it, that's what it really yeah. is. Like you learning from somebody that took a class just like you. And, and got polished up just a little bit more to teach another class, but they ain't never walked in and themselves. Exactly. So how can they really teach it? And it's all like a business. And then you have to take out these loans. And, and you know, for me, I was just, I took out, well, my parents took these loans out, which I'm thankful that they were able to, you know, help me and my siblings. Yeah, that's a blessing. Yeah. yeah. But now looking back on it, like, man, they, I was getting these refund checks. I'm like, man, I wasn't thinking about like Not long either. term. Yeah. So yeah. like. When I graduated, it was like, man, I had to pay all this money back, which I'm still going through it now. And it's just like, man, it's like, is it really worth it? Like, you, you don't want to question, but at the same time, it's like, man, I went through all that. I got all this debt, but what did it do? And I, like I always say, I, I never tell anybody not to go to college because I think it's a great thing yeah. to go get your education. Um, but it's just like, sometimes it's like the debt that you put, that you had to go through. But like doctors, lawyers, teachers, they absolutely need to go. And sometimes now you... Well, now you can go to a trade school, learn I was just skills. About, I was just about to say that. Um, I think college is more you paying for networking. Like, you know, if you're in a sorority, returning, you know, it help you down the line. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you know what you want to do in life, like if you want to be a carpenter, why are you going to college? Go take a trade. Mm-hmm. Go make the seventy, eighty thousand dollars as soon as you come out of the trade. You know, I started waiting four years and seeing two hundred thousand dollars in debt. Exactly. You know, so but that's what they want us to do. Mm-hmm. So. At the same token of this, um, what they give us, uh, we just got uh, like trillion or something dollars the first first round of, 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 the, of, stimulus. of the stimulus. Mm-hmm. Why did they didn't raise student loans? I don't think they did. Deferred a little bit longer. Yeah, but deferring it, is it deferring it ain't changing nothing. So right now exactly. in America, right now, if they can give out a trillion dollars, they can forgive student loans. Uh, mainly all the people that on the student loan right now came from the lower income community. You know, a lot of my Caucasian friends, you know, they don't even know what a student loan is. They say, you take out a loan to go to school? And I'd be like, that's when I knew we came from two different worlds. And I'm telling Mm -hmm. you facts. I couldn't believe it. But, you know, that let me know there's another side. I'm on this side. And then I got to get to another side to understand what this whole American thing is about. And when you live in poverty, it's for you to stay there. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's and it's, you know what I'm it's, saying? it's it's tough, man. And I just like you know what? That's why now I'm like, I would love for my kids to go to college as well. But it's kind of like for me, just learning. Like I would, I don't want them to go through the same things that I exactly. went through. Like yeah. you want them to go, but it's like you don't really want them to go. If, if in my personal opinion, like for as an entrepreneur, like I would look at somebody like you. If I'm a kid in this area, I would look at you and be like, you know what? He's doing something I want to do. Let me come in and just shadow him. Learn, let him teach me the ropes. That's what I try to do with my people. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of like going through the school system, like you said, and having somebody that doesn't have a business that's teaching us this class, let me let me go to somebody who actually has a business. Let me, you know, kind of learn on him. Let me shadow him. Um, and that'll be better. Better just that hands-on experience yeah. instead of going through school and getting these other things that you don't. It's, really it's, it's sort of like I put it to you this way. It's sort of like somebody being an alcoholic that no alcohol, right? Mm-hmm. And you just sell it to them. You never taste it. Right. So you don't know what it's doing to their body or how it's making them feel. But you know what, what's in it. You, you know how much you profit you're going to make off of it. The person that's drinking is the only one that know how to, how, how to get through it. When, exactly. when, when he can't get undrunk again, he asking God to take the liquor out of him. The person that sold it to him don't know that. So it's the same way with, with, uh, with education. It's like the, the teacher sitting there telling you, you know, and, and no, no disrespect to college because I'm not telling nobody not to go to college. Mm-hmm. But I feel like when you know your career path and you know what you want to be in life, I don't feel like college is something that you need to attend to to save your life because now we got trades. Now we got, we got, we got uh, situations where we can go on YouTube and Google and watch videos mm-hmm. on how to become this. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's videos on YouTube right now on how to become a better entrepreneur on how to be a better businessman, on how to start a business. So I'm going to go pay all this money for you to tell me from ground zero how to do stuff when I can get it right here and I can get my dream started. Absolutely. So, and, and I want to I make sure I definitely clear that up again. We're not telling you not to go to school because I would be a hypocrite and tell people yeah, not to go to school because I, I went, went to school. and I got a degree. Listen, you talking to somebody, I wish I, would, listen, I, wish I had one. I, ain't had, I, I can't finish it. Mm-hmm. You, know, I, you know, I went to school. Um, it ain't work for me. Um, like I said, I got I got I got uh, put in the streets of Philly and um, a lot of stuff. Me growing up, my my morals and my principles, I just can't be uncomfortable. 
You know, mm-hmm. I can't I can't depend on another man to to, to, to do nothing for me. Right. I got I was raised to stand on my own ten toes, so I'm gonna do what I need to do to go out there and uh, and make it happen. Yeah. So, you know, if if you're a college person and, and you know you want to take your career further, and you know, like you said, if you want to be a doctor, a lawyer, of course you gotta go to college to be those things. But certain things, you know, trades. If you like building houses, you like uh, um, you know making designs with clothes. Right now, you can find out how to be a seamstress online. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that you can do that you want to put yourself in debt. Mm-hmm. I think that was the um, a lot of the old America where, you know, even when we was kids, you know, when you see people with college degrees, you're like, oh, they got a degree? Especially being a black person. Mm-hmm. You got a college degree, that was like something big. Okay. Now you got people with college degrees that's making $9 an hour. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Why am I in debt for $9 an hour? Mm-hmm. It's true. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, at, at that standpoint of it, I can't really respect it because... What have you guys really taught me but give me this piece of paper and say go swim? Exactly. So it's kind of like we just institutionalized, man. Man, it's the same thing as, like I said, private resources. Right now, you got people that go to college right now that go, get good grades, finish, and you got people that go and meet resources to be able to really swim when they get out of school. Other people, you know, they're looking for a job. They're interning to, if you're a paralegal, um, if you're going to school to be a lawyer, you work your way in, try to work your way in. It may take you six or seven more years to get to where you're at. And you already spent another seven years already of your life. So that's 14 years to make $100,000. Mm-hmm. I, I just never yeah. seen that for me. Yeah, it's tough. Um, let me, I'm on to transition a little bit, but like you were saying, it was just studying entrepreneurs. And so many different ways that you can learn business. As far as, like you said, we have access to like the internet and everything now. But for you, who, so who, was there anybody that you paid attention to like as far as like an entrepreneur like growing up? That is anybody that you pay attention to now that you kind of like take advice from as an entrepreneur? Um, to be real with you, man, the community motivate me. Mm-hmm. Like the community keep me motivated. The people, because it ain't a single person out here that uh, that I that I could say that um, the community don't then put them where they was at. And what I mean by community, I mean by the surrounding areas. Whoever put them on the map, whoever helped them get to where they at. So those people are the ones that motivate you, because them people gonna criticize you, them people gonna love you, they mm-hmm. they gonna keep you on your toes. And, you know, if I had to say, you know, watching somebody's career um, from my city, I'm proud of all the people that came out of my city because, you know, I know how hard it is to make it out and stay out. So mm-hmm. the community, though, that's my biggest motivation because when you got them in your corner, even the good, bad, or the ugly, and they still stand in line, still supporting you, that's your motivation to keep on going and ticking. So, Do you feel like, you know, because I see people talk about this a lot. A lot of times they feel like, a lot of people feel like they have to, to get away to be successful. Do you necessarily feel like you have to get away from being homeless? Like I said, sometimes your biggest supporters are people that you may not even know. Sometimes the people that you know won't support your vision. But I just want to ask you, like, in your opinion, do you feel like you have to get away from home to be successful? Because a lot of times, a lot of people do feel that way. So, all right, I tell you this. Um, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's like an up in the air thing for some people. Um, if you're from poverty and, uh, I think, you know, to make it out, you, you, you definitely had to go ahead and take that leap of faith to step out because it's like this. If I now shine in front of your face, I may not make it to see another day. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? That's just me being real. And it ain't something against that, you know, uh, brothers just out here, you know, taking lives of people that's successful. But it's harder to stomach when I sat beside you my whole life and God picked you. Right. But they don't understand that if God picked me, he going to pick you too because you're going to win with me. But we don't give each other that time to see that. That jealousy and that envy hit you right in and there. So when you, when you step outside them bounds and people see you in other cities or other states and see what you stand for, it may wake your home up to say, oh, damn, this is who this person was? I ain't even know that. Right. You know, I ain't even know they stand for that. So sometimes you got to get out your shell to show other people that's right inside your city, right underneath you in the same neighborhoods and them communities. When you step out, they see the real you because... If I'm sitting beside you every day, you say, hey, man, I've been lifting weights. Am I getting stronger? I don't know. I've been sitting with you every day. Yeah. I got, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's, it's like a relationship. It's like if you ain't seen somebody in a long time, they're going to look different. Mm-hmm. It's business. If, I, if I'm growing from the outside and you're seeing it from afar, you're going you're gonna to see it differently. So I, can, um, I, think, I think that's a true statement. I think, you know, in, being a black man, for sure. We got to step out of our balance and sometimes and, and take the leap of faith to win. Absolutely. I, I want to piggyback off of what you just said because um, that was one of my questions as well. When, when did you know it was time to um, 
step out of faith or, or you can answer in general like how do you know for people watching this um they, they may want to start their own business or whatever there is and like like for them like what would you say is you know it's time to step out on faith honestly man i felt deaf you know mm. i felt i felt jail cells i felt deaf i felt a lot of failure and i didn't want to be that i wanted to be somebody that made it out of philly and i wanted to be somebody that inspired people that they can make it out too so when i got to that point it was time for me to go so that's the, that's the real honest answer to that mm. What do you think keeps people from um, chasing their dreams a lot of time? You know, a lot of times you hear different excuses, like, I don't have time or anything. But a lot of times when, when, when they say this stuff, it's kind of almost like an excuse as to why they can't be successful. But what do you think it is that keeps people from, you know, chasing after their dreams? Well, first you got to love yourself. Like, once you love yourself, you'll believe in yourself when people tell you no or you ain't going to make it. It ain't a soul in this world and can tell me where I'm going to go in life. I already know where I'm going. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So once you get that willpower in yourself, that's how you make it. You have to trick your own brain. You have to be your biggest believer, your biggest supporter, your, the biggest dreamer to make it. And, and if you don't have that inside your body, you ain't going to make it because I've been told no or I don't have the, the, the right setup or this ain't that. But all them people right now that said that years ago, they sick to their stomach right now. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. nobody in this world know what you made of a God. You know what I'm saying? Everybody else just going to assume to say you can't do something because they can't do it. So that's how I got through all of that. What would you say is like the biggest, since you've been an entrepreneur, like what was the biggest thing, like um, like skill sets you feel like you've acquired as just like being an entrepreneur, anything that you may not have knew about yourself that you realized that you had and you all alone? Um, I felt public speaking in college. So, of course, I do a lot of interviews now. Right. I don't care about talking in front of people. So that was one of them. Um, just literature, you know, um, stuff that you may not have known words or what the meaning of certain things is. Um, learning how to get out of uh, certain environments and jams. Sometimes you ain't also encounter racism. You know, I got thick skin. There's not too many people that can make me jump outside myself to embarrass myself or my brand because I know mm-hmm. how I work for it. So there's a lot of obstacles I had to take to figure all this stuff out. But right now, the main thing is for, I would tell any black man, because I'm a black man, don't get tricked out your spot. You know, God gave us the strength and ability to be anything we want to be. And right now, it all seemed cool when you can have it all right now. And and the way you got it may feel good because you got it right now. You might have the girls stroking ego and all that. But none of that made nothing when later on and you're 50 years old and you used to say, I used to have, I was. Right. That's my fear, saying I used to be. I never want to tell my kids, yeah, I used to have a big brand called Big Dave's. No, when they when they 18, go finish running it. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's the difference. I don't never want to be no used to be, so that's that's what I won't be. What would you say for you is the hardest part of, of being an entrepreneur? Damn. Honestly, man, walking in this black skin every day. Mm. Because, honestly, right now, if I was a white boy with, 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 with all the stuff I got going on right now, I had a whole America at my front door. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I made I made so much money in COVID, more than a lot of big Fortune 500 companies, you know, made per store. You know, so, and a lot of the stuff right now I'm saying is because I no longer going to, you know, go with days that I, you know, I ain't speak my gut and well, how I really feel. Mm-hmm. So, being a black man right now, to me, is one of the hardest things in America because to them, we are a weapon. And, you know, we all ain't that. You know, we mm-hmm. all ain't what they perceive us to, you know, p- to be, so... Um, I just want to show the world, don't judge a book by the cover. I got over 50 tattoos on my body, but I'm out here changing lives. Mm-hmm. Do people give you a look, you know, when they ask you, hey, what do you do? Like, and you tell them that you own these restaurants, do, do they give you a certain look or treat, try to treat you differently? No, I mean, I do get a, don't get me wrong, like Atlanta, like I can't go nowhere without people, you know, recognizing me and, you know, praising me and stuff like that and telling me how good of a job I'm doing. But again, on that next level of life right now, if, if I had been that other, uh, you know, in that other group, right. it would be looked at totally different. But you know, I didn't make mistakes where you know I've been, uh, I didn't court uh, cases. I don't have a background, but I made mistakes growing up, and you know, a lot of that stuff carry with you. But give me my chance. You know right. what I'm saying? Let me show you different before you judge me again. Absolutely. And a lot of times, like you said, you know, we are treated different. Which we seen last month, the things that happened at the, the Capitol. Yeah. Like you, you clearly you can see that these things happen to us. But for some reason, other side at times, look like we're just making these excuses. And you know, for me, just being in the media, like I, I can remember vividly, like uh, my my senior year, my internship in college. I remember 
you know, covering the Hornets and the Panthers. Like we would go to these different um, all the games and cover the cover the athletes. But I remember sometimes, you know, you know, security is in the arena, you know, helping you find your seats. Yeah. But sometimes when people that don't look like us go walk in, they don't they don't check them for anything. But as soon as we walk in, they you know they look at us, make sure we have our credential to make sure we are where we're supposed to be. So. It's kind of, you know, it's like that double standard at times, and you know. You try not to let it bother you. Um, I mean, it's but, hard, though. I mean, uh, like, I walk in, a, I've walked into meetings, business deals I walked out of. Um, I've been called a lot of stuff, you know what I'm saying? Or I've been told, you know, it's worth this and I can do this. But at the end of the day, um, that's why I said I'm glad I'm from Philly, because I've been around the slickest people in the world. I've been around talkers, finessers, whatever you want to call it. So... It don't come. It call. It come all shapes and sizes, no matter what color you are. You know what I'm saying. So when somebody see you got something special, they may look at it like you don't understand what you got. Mm-hmm. So that's why a lot of us sell out so early just to become a millionaire to say, okay, yeah, I got some money, I did it. But then you go look at your company ten years down the line, it's worth a billion dollars. They made it worth a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. It's all about you staying patient and sticking down. That's being black. That's the hardest thing that I see as a culture is us having patience. Mm-hmm. We want it right now so the world can embrace us right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So once we figure out that part of it, we're going to be a lot more successful together. Absolutely. And a lot of times you see a lot of our people get in those powerful positions and then they kind of, you know, change up a little bit. Like they, they have to do the thing, which I get you. Of course, over time you're going to change. But it's like I, I it bothers me when I see a lot of our successful people, you know, turn their back on us and, you know, speak against their own race. That's yeah. what bothers me a lot of times. Well, them the people that then lost themselves and don't understand where they came from because me, I, no matter how much money I can gain, how much that success I can gain, I'm always going to be the person I am because I got me. Um, I feel like a lot of people, just like I said a few minutes ago, when you're younger, it comes from you know your childhood on what you're used to having and, and you don't want to share, you don't want to... You don't want to embrace other people to say that, you know, they even got something involved with it. That's why I actually started giving my employees phantom equity because a lot of these people right now, you know, help me build this brand and helping me on the daily. Mm-hmm. So that's like right now, if you sit beside me for years and you see me go buy uh, mansions and, 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 and boats and all of whatever I go purchase and you right now still trying to figure out how you're going to feed your family next week, that's a problem. Right. And when you help me build a brand, you know what I'm saying? So... It's a lot of that going on out here. Mm-hmm. So once once um, people respect each other, and you can't you can't bite your tongue. You know you gotta speak your mind and go with your gut. Right now in my life, right now, I'm not scared to talk on any platform to tell the truth on how I feel about life, mm-hmm. um, because nobody can tell me how to operate when I built a multi million dollar business out of a gas station. It's not an entrepreneur in this world right now can tell me nothing different because I did it my own self. That's mm-hmm. why I said. You got the classroom teacher, and you got the people that walk through it. I walk through it. Absolutely. So, why why do you think America, you know, for for black men, you know, or black people overall, like we just treated so differently? Um, I just want to ask you that because I remember last year I read um, Malcolm X, and it's crazy because some of the stories that he was telling in his book was which which was very troublesome. This stuff has been going on for years, but I remember once. Part of the book early on in the book when he went to stay at a uh, foster home and the people that he he was staying with they were white and the one day the man came home and he asked his wife he said you know I drove by this neighborhood and he said these I'm just I'm trying to clear, clean it up he said these n words he said they were just so poor but they were happy he was like why he said why were these ends so happy and then his wife looked at me and said that's just how ends are it's just like we would just look at just differently already. It's like they don't look at us as regular human people, human yeah. beings. Like they don't look at us that way. I think right now. And let me clear it up. It's not ourselves. everybody. Just you know. Yeah, some of Yeah, but I think right now, um, a lot of stuff is us coming from the resources, and a lot of stuff is coming from the people that have the resources and not sharing the resources. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, that's why I said for me, it's bigger than food. Like we've been talking this whole time, and we ain't really talking about food because. My foundation is already built. My platform built on the food side. You know, people support me every day. But on the other side, I see so much stuff happening around me that I can't ignore. Right. You know, so, so much stuff that I see going on in these communities that can be fixed by the leaders. Mm-hmm. So now that I got this this spot where I'm at right now, I'm going to be the ones that really stand for the cause. 
And that's that's what is also so important because a lot of times you you can even see it with professional athletes. A lot of times they don't want to speak out because they don't want to hurt their brands. Yeah. But that's why. But that's one of the things why I admire LeBron even more off the court than on the court because he's not worried about hurting his brand. Like he sees these people are hurting. Like black people are getting killed, crate unconditionally, like by by uh, police officers yeah. and things like that. But he's willing to use his platform to speak against it. And a lot of times, our people that once they get that type of fame, they won't want to speak out because they don't want to yeah. hurt their brand. Like, so I applaud you because you don't even have to do it. Like you, like you said, you're a made man, you got your business, you're very successful, um, multi-million dollar business, but you still want to speak out when you get a chance to. Yeah, because I see, when I walk outside and I'm driving, I still see me out there. I still, them, them bottle boys that sell bottles of water and all that that's out in Atlanta, I did that in Philly growing up. I used to sell uh, bean pies and newspapers with the Muslim brothers. You know what I'm saying? When I was when I was that young, so mm-hmm. it, it, it's like reminiscing seeing yourself. That's like right now when you was younger, you probably made mistakes, but you wouldn't make them right now because you know you know better. Absolutely. So how can you judge these these kids and these situations they in by the choices they making when they only had the resources to even make good make this decisions? Mm-hmm. A lot of them come from broken homes. A lot of them don't have the guidance. A lot of them that do got the guidance, they're getting taken advantage of by older people just to do th- do things for them. So it's like we out here putting our own people in bad spots because the ones that know better, they should be in these communities helping out. Like we ain't going to get strong as a whole until that happens. Absolutely. I want, you, I want you to talk a little bit more about this community and giving back. Like I said, I, I love this picture right here, George Florida, Mr. Yeah. Rashard Brooks. Um, and just talk about that last year. Like, how was that time here in the community when you saw when we saw all of this stuff going on? Man, that's what woke me up. Honestly, that's when I that's when I realized how people felt about me and my brand. Because when uh, George Floyd um, got murdered, you know, and, a, and a, my windows got busted out throughout the riots, man, I was pissed off. But then I had to realize it's a human life that just got took. This a black man. It's bigger than any business, any food, any success. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and also seeing that the community. Stood behind me as soon as it happened, you know, raising money, you know, uh, schoolboy Q, Russ, you know, they donated a combined of $30,000. And I wound up getting like $26,000 raised, and I gave it to every black-owned business around me to reopen. So I still was spraying, you know, trying to help people out. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when Rashad Brooks, uh, you know, when he got murdered, um, yeah, me and uh, Pinky Cole from Slutty Vegan, we partnered up, and um we provided his family uh, life insurance, a brand new car. Pinky got uh, her her, um, her old college to uh, fund him with a six hundred thousand dollars scholarship. So it's been so much a blessing, you know. After that, being for me going to give giving back in the community, me and Pinky decided to start up a, a life insurance uh, in Atlanta that's kicking off um, in a few weeks. That's going to provide life insurance for every black man under thirty thousand dollars income. So. Mm-hmm. Right now, life insurance right now for me is big because when you when you uh, when you see a black man get murdered nine times out of ten, his family don't got money to put him in the ground, mm-hmm. him him or her. So you see fish fries jumping off, you see GoFundMe's Go jump jumping off. But life insurance is not about just burying someone. It's teaching financial literacy. It's also teaching you how to spread generational wealth because right now if I got a if I got a fifty thousand dollar policy. And I want to give you $15,000 of my policy and you don't have a policy, you're now able to keep that policy going with your, with your part, initial part of the policy. You know, there's a lot of stuff in this stuff that we don't get taught. We just think, you know, you know life insurance is just to piss someone in the ground. It's, it's bigger than that. And, I'm, mm-hmm. you know, we're trying to spread the message on showing, you know, that, you know, having life insurance is just not about life and death. It's about, you know, financial literacy and being able to spread, you know, financial gain for your family. Absolutely. It's so important because even if, like, after this person, your loved one is gone, like, you still have to try to survive. Yeah, I mean, I mean, when my father passed away, um, he had two funerals and he had a life insurance policy, but I watched so much of his 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 years that he worked for, you know, when he when he passed away, you know, those companies didn't care about him. You know, know. You know, all the stuff that he put his life on the line with, building building, building buildings, because my father was an engineer, so he did a lot of fireproofing, so, you know, he developed lung cancer, um, he was a he was a cigarette smoker, uh, somewhat, but a lot of those asbestos and a lot of those chemicals and stuff got in a lot of my family members' bodies, you know, and did damage mm-hmm. over the years. But at the end of the day, you say you was working for what, um, hundred thousand dollars, ninety thousand dollars a year, and put your life in, and in the year when you're fifty two years old, you die, mm-hmm. you know. So 
I feel like a lot of the stuff out here is, is they know what's going to harm us. They know how we, you know what it's going to do to us. But right now, they can get the work done. Let's do it. Exactly. And, and, it, and, it's, and it's crazy because like, we, we talk about this all the time. Like People will tell us, they, they always say, you know, man, you... And this actually happened, I said this on my last interview as well. I had this a lady I was talking to at work. And I was like, you know, this will be, I'm banking on this. I'm leaving this year. And she was like, you know, she said, it's going to be a hard place to leave from. She said, you're making really good money. And... You got great benefits here, yeah. so she's like, it's gonna really be hard to leave that. And I'm just like, you know, I'm not working for it just yeah, that. Just that like, yeah. But it's like a lot of times, there's a lot of people's mentality because it's been so ingrained in us, you know, to go somewhere, make a, uh, if you're making forty, if you're making fifty thousand dollars, then you're doing really good, and then you just want to stay there and retire. But it's like life is so much more than that, and, and you really will miss out on some of the most important times of your life because you still have to ask them, hey, can I be off with this and that? But it's just like, do you really want to break your body down for so long and then at the end of the day, like you said, it's... So, so I told my brother this a couple months ago. Do you know, right now, if a job pay you 50000 a year, right? They already got a cap on your life if you retire. They know they never give me more than 75000 mm. You see what I'm saying? So I work for you 30 years to make twenty-five more thousand dollars a year. When you when you think of it like that, you start seeing it's not too much worth worth it. And I'm not telling everybody they have to be an entrepreneurial right, boss, right? Because this is the thing. I just said this uh, yesterday um, in a speaking engagement I did. Um, you could be a boss on on a on a ship rowing, long as you got your life jacket too, so you can mm-hmm. swim when you jump when you get in the water. So right. if you're helping somebody right now build their brand, and that might be your purpose. Your purpose might be a builder. Your purpose might be a person to help people build the company. You know what I'm saying? To make you a better builder. Now, check this out. If right now you're known for building companies, guess what that's going to do? That's going to get you paid before you even touch the build-outs. You know what I'm saying? That's that's how it works. When people realize your, your passion and your portfolio gets strong, that's what it's all about. It's you taking all these years and building your portfolio to say, listen, I did this, I did that, I did this. But guess what? They're going to start realizing that, and now you're making your own dime. So sometimes you got to come in there and just show people who you are. Absolutely. People want to get paid before they, for you to know who they are. You know what I mean? People um, fill out applications to me. I don't look at resumes. It ain't a resume that sold me in here. I want to see what you can do in this kitchen. Right. You know what I'm saying? I don't care about how many years you was a cook. You might have been a cook at a restaurant that ain't busy to mine. You might can't keep up with this traffic. Mm-hmm. So I need to see exactly what you can do, and that's life. People want to see what you can do. You could be a talker, you could sound good, but a real businessman, what them numbers at? Let's yep. make sense of it, and that's life. Absolutely. So I want to, and I want to talk about how you know investing in your people, um, and like you said, giving them equity and everything. I saw the video, and I think this his name is John. Yeah. It's like you. I remember watching the video when you gave him that letter, and he looked at it, and then he looked at you. Yeah. And it was just like wow, like like you said, you don't see a lot of major corporations like they don't do stuff like that will give them comp- um, equity in their companies like i want you to talk a little bit about that uh that situation and like why was that so important to so you J- so john is my longest employee that worked for the company me and john probably personally made over a million sandwiches together mm. and i know um a lot of my growth a lot of stuff that i didn't have time for because i had to jump outside and jump in the other world to be able to market my brand john was in his kitchen john was training my employees you know what I'm saying? So when you look at it like that, and, and the road that I'm going right now, I had to give him his flowers right now so he could Absolutely. feel it. So he ain't got to wait till later. He ain't got to say, one day I'm going to have some type of, you know, nah, your life is going to be set. As long as you work right now and keep on going, you ain't got to worry about that. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes, you know, people with the whole wait later, nah, if you know you got some good people around you and know they're going to be there, give them their flowers. Absolutely. Because you, you never know when it's, you never know how long they're going to be. Listen, I could, yeah, I could, listen, right now, um, Anything, anything, you know, where if I had to not be in this business for six months, seven months, as long as I'm giving them the season, it's going to run. Absolutely. So, you know, you, you, you really can't pay for that. Mm-hmm. That's loyalty. Um, now, I did, you know, come, you know, coming along the way, I had to realize, too, a lot of people ain't going to grow with you. It's going to mm-hmm. outgrow them. And they're not going to understand you because now they think you changed. Now nah, it's growth. You can't stay the same. Absolutely. You stay humble, but you can't stay the same. You know, it's, it's like with my time and now, you know, I have to really make good decisions on whether I can come to stuff now or whether it's worth it to me because every appearance ain't an appearance to me. It's, right. Some of the stuff could be hurtful. You know, some people could pit, 
even you know when you go out, you know you might go to a party or whatever, and you know, in this and this and this light that I'm in, it might you know it can be taken wrong in certain certain situations, you know. Mm -hmm. But before I can do pretty much whatever I want, but now when you're a public figure, they almost waiting for the black man to make a mistake. Right? Do you do you feel that type of pressure, like you said, kind of to you know walk a straight narrow path now because like you're you're more in the spot, like you're well known in yeah. the community, you're very successful. Like, do you feel that type of pressure now, especially like on top of all of that being a black man? So, do you feel that pressure, you know, to, to walk the straight now path? Oh uh, man, I, I I used to really like, like literally, I don't. If I don't hang with you, can't get in my car because I don't know what you got on you. You right. know what I'm saying? So it's like when you gotta think like that, you're really staying focused. You're really trying to, you know, make sure you you doing the right things. But right now, man, ain't nobody can't trick me out of what I got going on because. I know what I want in life, and I know what I gotta do, and I know I'm not gonna put myself in situations that's gonna harm, my, you know, my my uh, situation. So, yeah, anybody can get put in a setup or, or a bad situation, but one thing about it, like I just told you earlier, the community is what keep you rolling. The community going, they really know who you are. So, if anybody wanted to make up a lie or whatever with a bad image they want to put out on you, these people know countless days and countless hours. I'm gonna stand for them and what I stand for. So. You can't get around that. Absolutely. Speaking of the community, um, how has COVID in, in your business? How has COVID impacted this community and your business? Man, I you know <clears throat> transparency. Um, COVID helped my business. You know, uh, you know, I forgive. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of stuff. You know that maybe they say you know happened in America and like that, and a lot of people you know lost their lives, and um, you know a lot of people in that family is hurting. But when it comes to a business standpoint, I feel like a lot of a lot of brands, when when COVID happened, they didn't know how to pivot. They didn't right. know how to adjust to it. So you so I tell people you got LLC builders and you got entrepreneurs. So right now, if you just tell me right now, hey Derek, I got ten businesses, right? And ain't none of them profitable or doing anything with them. You're an LLC builder. You want right. to sound important. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So entrepreneur gonna get through any tough time. He gonna battle through stuff. He or she. So it's like being a, a professional basketball player or football player. That's the word I take entrepreneur. I don't take everybody where to say they're an entrepreneur. What have you done to be called that? Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that's the one thing in COVID that separated, you know, a lot of LLC builders to entrepreneurs because a lot of entrepreneurs are still winning. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, they might have to take a little hit in the beginning, but they, they knew the adjustment was coming. So sometimes you got to give and take hits to be able to receive it later. And when you're an LLC builder, you only want to take in. You just want to keep trying to make the money. Absolutely. Like you yeah. said, this, this is a space where like, I feel like for creatives, you creatives would, would thrive in this situation because it's like everything was uh, changing. Like the, the dynamics like were virtual and, and different things like that. And as far as businesses, like even you, I can just tell because like I said, I appreciate what you were doing, like giving that money back because like you, for you, you... We're giving that money to other businesses to, to thrive. Yeah, like I had my, man, my financial people, like, you know, what are you doing? Like, I was giving all type of money out in COVID because I said, listen, if everybody else right now is folding, who is standing up? You know what I mean? We all can't fold. We all can't be, you know, taking a safe way out, um, route out to say, I'm going to wait it out. I'm going to go ahead and jump back in this thing after a couple months. Nah, I literally, from the day COVID started, I went into my, I was driving, I said, we're going to feed the community. We gave out a thousand meals, just pull-ups. You know, people pulling up, we just passing them. Then over that time, I did over 40 hospitals throughout that month, just giving the nurses and doctors, mm -hmm. you know, food, because I know how hard they was working with all these patients, putting their own life on the line. So I said, if they can go put their life on the line, I'm going to put mine on the line. Right. You know, and a lot of people are not going to look at it that way because they don't look at it that serious. But I, when I'm dead and gone from here, I, I want to be remembered. You know, I want to be looked at as somebody that stood for the community as one of the greats because that's how I feel in my heart. So that's why I was ready to, you know, just put everything on the line. I didn't care what I was losing, what I was gaining. Yeah, absolutely. What would you say, um, what, what did you get this, uh, this giving spirit? Because like you say, you, you don't mind getting away, you know it's gonna come back tenfold. Like where, where did this giving spirit come Man, from? Man, if anybody knew me, I've been like this my whole life. You know, the people that really know me know I get my last. I could literally right now, if I made you a plate of food and we had to share it, I'm going to give you the best part of it because I, I made it for you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. That's just me. So some people made it like that and some people ain't. I don't let money, you know, and I don't cherish nothing. Nothing material in this world ever made, made me because I know how to get it back. So hustlers, hustlers ain't never down because they just waiting for their time again. So I don't look at it like that. Um, 
I feel like uh, some people born in this world to be givers and helpers. Sometimes it could be a kryptonite where people try to take advantage of that, right. but you have to wean those people out. But I let God make decisions on that. Absolutely. In your industry, how, how do you think going forward the food industry will look? Man, I think I'm about to change the game because I got like so many people now writing me that's young guys that might be in the lower income community talking about, you know, I'm getting out in the streets. This is inspiring me. So that's letting me know that it's a lot of new entities about to get built. There's a lot of new uh, mm-hmm. businesses about to come out of the ground. And, you know, we're about to see a lot of new people shining if they stick to, you know, what they what they're working on. So I think in the future, all the way around, I think um, we're going to see a lot of successful uh, of our people. Um, I think we also going to see a lot of brands uh, prosper through, you know, this right here, you know, this mm-hmm. COVID situation that we're going through because when things do get back normal, people going to remember that. You know, people mm-hmm. going to remember who, 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 who was the one that was there. So a lot of people forgot that part. So mm-hmm. sign on, what they say, the star money for a little while, sign going to shine again. So Absolutely. And I, and I hate I hate to see a lot of businesses uh, closing down and not coming back. But I think, you know, we can keep a lot of these Hopefully, all of our black businesses alive because, like you said, b- back in the day, like we only had we could only support each other because we yeah. were segregated. So you know, we all would come together and support all our own businesses, yeah. and we'll still be able to thrive and stay alive. Yeah, so I believe that too. But I also believe right now in America, right now, a lot of people are woke, just not black people, all races. I think a lot of people are sticking together. I, I've mm-hmm. seen so much empowerment through other races than I've seen in my whole life. So salute to that. Right. You know, sometimes. You know, it take things to happen in the world for people to wake up. But if you if you uh, look at it, all we doing is reliving history. You know, from you know the Rodney Kings to this, mm-hmm. it's like a repeating thing. You know, from you got uh, you know uh, swine flu, West Nile, and then you got COVID nineteen. It's all it's all the stuff. You know, it's repeat itself. But it's all like what you do in that environment for what you stand for to change your circumstances in that situation and. That's what um, I'm standing for. All right, a few more questions, and then we'll um, start getting ready to wrap it up. What would you say is like the best advice that you've received? Um, the best advice I've received in business is uh, honestly learning the operation and ins and outs. Don't just be a cook. You got to learn mm-hmm. the business side. So, you know, cooking was my skill, but the business side, I didn't know nothing, anything about it. So, you know, that was that took me about, you know, four years, five years just um, learning how to actually put a company together, learning if anybody's trying to take advantage of you. You know, like I said... Walking through it is always going to be better than somebody teaching you sometimes, but everybody can't walk through it because you got to have big heart and you got to have willpower to get through it. Some people fool. But I feel like it's like 5% of the world right now that think like I think. Mm-hmm. Really do. As an entrepreneur, are you ever at a point where, to me, I, don't, I feel like as entrepreneurs, it seems like it's a point where you, you, you're not ungrateful. It's like... In a, to a certain degree, you may not be satisfied because you always want to do more. Like you always want to get more. You always want to think ahead about what you can uh, correct in the future. But as an entrepreneur, do you feel like that's kind of like a never-ending thing to where like you always want to strive for more and do something else? Well, success is uh, success is like a drug. You know, a lot of people will never admit to it, but the moment you get it, you want to get to the next level. You want to keep climbing levels. But for me right now. I'm using my success to bring other people levels up. Because I know if I bring other people levels up, I'll win it in. You know, because mm-hmm. I'm helping other people, you know, I'm helping other people swim. I'm helping them fly and spread their wings. So um, I think right now that's the biggest thing. I don't want to win by myself. I want to win as a whole. It'd be easy for me, you know, to go on Instagram and, and talk, you know, everything I want to really say and, you know, and, and, and get people to really know who I am. But who am I helping at that, doing Absolutely. that? You know, I'm not, I'm not winning that way. I'm, I'm winning for myself at that, at that point. You feel like you're living your purpose now? Yeah, for sure. I feel like right now, every time I put my shoes on and walk out the door, um, I'm giving a real me. Mm-hmm. So, so what, what keeps you motivated like to keep going now? Like you said, of course, you're giving back. Um, like What is it that keeps you uh, motivated? Um, right now, what keeps me motivated right now is uh, these lines, man. Right. <laughs> for real, it's these lines because it's like... When you want that success and you want that traffic and then it's so hard to get it down sometimes, you be like, oh, man, you know, and then you got people, you know, really then drove four or five hours away. So I would say that right right there. Like, you know, that, that's my biggest thing, you know, just me pulling up to my, my restaurants and seeing these lines. Sometimes, man, I never get, I, I ain't used to it now. You know, mm-hmm. I pull up sometimes, man, Terry about to run down my face because I'll be like, damn, 
I remember my lights getting cut off. I'm not even paying my, my rent to get to, through all of this. Right. And now I'm at this point right now just by not giving up, just sticking to my gut, you know. So um, before we get off, I would tell uh, any entrepreneur, business person, um, or even any regular civilian that's trying to figure life out, you got to lay yourself first and you got to keep on climbing through your storms because life ain't going to be easy. Success definitely ain't going to be easy or everybody will be successful. And just don't quit. Life is like a basketball. One day you're going to make your shot. That's how life is. You keep shooting, you're going to make your shot one day. So um, I'm making my shot and I'm making it count. Absolutely. What would you say is the uh, biggest thing that you learned? We've been asking everybody this while we were, when we were on our tour last year, self-investment tour. What would you say is the biggest thing you learned from the pandemic? Um, the biggest thing I learned from the pandemic is people, personalities, um, people, uh, you know, maybe afraid to let people know their hardships. Like, listen, it ain't a company out here right now in this world right now that didn't feel this pandemic. Absolutely. Because if I didn't feel it financially, I feel it in my dining room because I'm used to my dining room being jam-packed. So I don't get to see that anymore. So that took away from that. Mm -hmm. So everybody felt some type of impact from this, but... I think overall the biggest impact that um, obstacle I had to get through was honestly, uh, be real with you, is just that people getting free money, you know, so people don't want to work, you know, right. so yep. you losing you losing employees left and right. There's a battle every day. You don't know who coming to work, and then sometimes somebody might be out of work saying that you know they've been around somebody with COVID. So now that puts a whole you know every your whole line in jeopardy. You now you're saying to yourself. What am I gonna do? And I, you know, every brand that has some scares about COVID because we have to go home to our families. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So, right now, I would say that's one of the biggest things. You know, climbing through this thing is you know keeping your employees healthy, the customers staying healthy, and you just going through your day for you staying healthy. So, mm -hmm. what what does self investment mean to you? That's that's my final question that we love to ask people. Um, what does self investment mean to you? Self investment is everything to me because. When you invest in yourself, nobody can't let you down but you. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you row your boat, you operating, and you know what it takes you to win. So, but self-motivation still starts with love. You got to love yourself first. So, love comes before the self-motivation part. So, I would say um, just believing, you know, as much as you can in yourself and, you know, striving for greatness. Yeah, so, Mr. Hayes, I want to thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Um, like I said, I know you're a busy man, and I love what you're doing, man. Keep it up. Um, I, I love this, this the setup we have as well. Die Hard Philly fan. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, like, like before I get off, I drive Teller crazy too. She, she, she got had some engagement stuff, but it's just not me. You know, being in the media for me right now is me wanting to tell tell my story and talk and empower people to not give up. Cause I know we're going through the hardest times in life right now. What's best to you right now? Seeing another black man, yeah, eyes being successful. That's going to say, oh well, I could do it too. Absolutely. And, so, it, and it's so important because when we we can look at you and see that you know he's somebody that looks like us, then exactly. we can do it. Yeah. And a lot of times we don't we don't see that a lot. The only times that we see it is if we think we have to be an athlete or an entertainer. And that's exactly why I started pushing this so hard because I said, you know what. This is a lane that's not touched. This is the business world. You know, a lot of these businessmen out here, they get on they get on the, the microphones and they tell these stories, but they ain't no heart in it. These people don't feel you. Mm -hmm. They don't feel nothing you saying. You know Absolutely. what I'm saying? So for me, I come from where they come from. So they feel what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. I made the mistakes they made. Absolutely. So that's time. the difference between me and them. And the thing about it also is, like, those guys, the people that you see on TV one day, they gonna have to hang it up. They won't be playing ball anymore, or any of that stuff. And then, like, what do they do? Like after that. So, so, so they have to figure out different ways a new maneuver. A lot of them do have things set up as well, but a lot of them uh, just splurge their money. They end up going broke. But a lot of them have set themselves up for success. Yeah, for success. Future. I would say this right now: um, a one singular person can never be more successful than a brand. I tell I tell my my my, my homies that all the time. That's wealthy, you know. One of you can never be 50 big days. Not in income, not in no way, shape, or form, not in future revenue, not in earnings. Because you know why? When I'm at home eating, eating dinner, these operations is running. And when I'm asleep, they running. You know what I'm saying? So you one entity. So you, when you build yourself be one entity, you're not winning. Mm -hmm. you ain't nobody getting employed through you. You ain't pitting nobody on. You ain't giving nobody health insurance. You ain't doing a lot of stuff. So I, I really, you know, I see things differently. Even when people with interviews, I say to myself sometimes, I'm like, how this person get the interview? I'm like, I'm out, I'm the one out here really winning. I'm right. showing people what's going on. Mm -hmm. 
But we so stuck in this whole mindset of the jury and all that and what's going on right now. But they're going to see later. They wish they took them interviews. Absolutely. So that stuff at the end of the day, like materialistic things, they don't mean nothing anyway. And once you leave here, you take you can't take it with you. Nah, nah, but I'm going to keep on talking until they listen. So. Absolutely. What I appreciate it. Uh, I, I want to get you on record for one thing. I know you're a diehard sports fan. I, I, I wanted to ask you this since I seen the, uh, the Eagles fly up there, you know, this weekend. By the time this interview releases, though, the Super Bowl will be over with. Did you have a prediction for it? You know my guy right here, he's a Bucks fan. So. Hey, man, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I ain't even watching football. You haven't this watched year. it, okay? So, okay. so when I watch football this year, it's just gonna be who I. It, it really wasn't the same this year, anyway yeah. Because I ain't really watch. I really on. didn't watch sports this year because this pandemic been having me like focused. Focus, yeah, and everything going on, especially with the community. You yeah. know, one thing about it also, for me, at one point I didn't really care if it didn't come back or not was because I just felt like we needed to stay focused on what was important. Well, but then, but then I did appreciate when the NBA did come back. You know, they did. You know, let it be known like. Uh, Black Lives Matter on the court and those different things, but either way, if it didn't come back, I would have been fine. But you know, yeah. But um, needless to say, everything is a distraction. Absolutely. So, yeah, that, that's uh, true. No, well, Mr. Hayes, I want to appreciate you. Before we get out of here, do you have any advice? Or do you want to tell people how they can find you online? I mean, Insta- my Instagram is at Big Dave Cheesesteaks. My Facebook is uh, Big Dave Cheesesteaks. The Twitter is uh, Big Dave Cheesesteaks. So. Um, I got two locations right now. One fifty. I mean, I, I was about to get y'all my fifty twenty one is Chapel Road. I've been thinking about my baby since I left her. <laughs> my first location, but uh, it's sixty thirty five Peachtree Road. Um, that's in Doraville, and then we at fifty seven Forsyth Street right now. And I got a food truck that be floating around, and uh, I'm working on more locations coming. I got a surprise coming this month. Y'all hear about it? I can't let it out right now though. But I got a lot of things working. All right, well, we'll, we'll definitely be looking forward to it, Mr. Hayes. I appreciate your time. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this interview. Until next time, keep chasing your dreams. This is Across the Line Podcast. Thank you for listening.